What up, what up, what up? You tuned in to the Jose Morales Podcast, where we talk sports, business, and everything in between. I'm your host, Jose Morales, and we're at my boxing academy. Joining me in the ring today is a guy that is amazing as far as not only his work ethic, the way he treats his mother, which is one of the things I love, and how much of a hustler this young man is. And his name is Alex Papp. Did I say it right? You said it right, man. And I call him... Rico Suave, welcome to the show, brother. I appreciate it, man. Super happy to be here. Yeah. and uh, It's an th- honor. Thank you, man, for coming, for real. And one thing, I'm, I wanted to share this with everybody, the first day you came into boxing, because I've been knowing you now. How long have you been boxing now? Maybe a little over a month and a half. Yeah, like a month and a half. Yeah. What made you want to box? <sighs> man, so long story, um, it's about January, February, hitting the gym every single day trying to get bulked up. I'm a skinny dude. I'm tall. I'm skinny. Trying to gain a little bit of weight, put some muscle on. March turns around, comes around the corner, COVID hits, the gym shut down. So everything pretty much just stops, right? You're at home. You're not doing anything. You don't want to do too many push-ups at home because it gets boring after a while. And uh, I had a couple buddies at my place, Nick being one of them. And we were watching UFC and we were thinking, God, dude, it'd be kind of cool, you know, to find something around here that's like that where you can kind of train get an idea of it just to have fun so literally just typed up like boxing roseville california and this is the first place that popped up man oh yeah thank you for coming and giving us a try appreciate it man i love it the thing that i remember the most clear about you is when you came in for his first class i asked him why you want to do it his answer you remember your answer was i remember the answer yeah he said for the (laughs) ladies he said i want to do it for the ladies oh yeah yeah (laughs) I didn't think it would stick with me, man. I didn't think you'd say it every single time I come in here. <laughs> it's like, fuck. like, fuck, I regret saying that shit. I love it, dude. It's me now. I hey, own it. It's cool. So that's where he got his uh, nickname. Yeah. He said Rico. His name was going to be Rico Suave, but I'm like, you have to work for the Suave <laughs> until you get the ladies. And then he pulled up today, fitted, man, nice shirt, some nice shoes. I'm like, maybe you got the Suave already, man. I started calling him Rico Suave. And um, I'll take it. So a lot of things I like about you. Okay. Um, so many things not just your personality and the way you carry yourself i really love your uh relationship with your mother mm-hmm. i think that's very special i am also a mother's boy like i'm a mama's boy to the core like yeah my mom and i that's my everything similar to you i love how you um you do a lot of things with her not only does she box with him your mom comes in here and boxes with him he brings his mom to boxing that's his day how tight is that so he brings his mom here. They work out together and the relationship you have with her. But then on top of that, how young you are doing so much. And I was like, damn. And, and that is what we're going to talk about on this podcast. I really wanted to share um, the influences that you have around you, how, how big of an impact it does, especially as a young man. And that's something you and I both talked about here in the gym recently. Yeah. And it was funny that that happened because I was like, dude, I have to talk about this. I have to talk about this. And he, I mean, this is a perfect guy to talk about. Yeah. Is somebody that actually lived through that mm-hmm. as far as influencing influences that you had in your life. Yeah. Uh, but before we talk about all that, um, I want to, I want you to say, you know, who you are, what you do for a living. Give us yeah. a little background about you. For sure. So as of right now, I'm a real estate broker here in Rockland, California. I think of as of right now, dude, I'm the youngest broker in California, wow, which is pretty crazy. I got my broker's license when I was 21. And wow. uh, yeah, and I'm 23 now. I, uh, I started in real estate at the age of 17, interning. 
at a brokerage here in Rockland when I turned 18, got my real estate license, and I've been at it ever since. Wow. Yeah. That's huge. So um, I always preach about getting in the door and uh, and getting somewhere as far as whatever it is that you want to do. It doesn't matter if you're cleaning the toilets at a place that you want to do. Get in the yeah. door first. It looks like you did that when you were 17. You were an intern. Mm-hmm. For, how did that go? Like, how was that? How did you get... How did you end up being an intern? For, yeah. How, how did that... Tell us more about that. Yeah. So I uh, I just finished off my junior year of high school. What high school did you go to? Uh, Whitney. Whitney. So here here in Rockland. Local, yeah. Yeah. So summer break, later in the year, becoming become a senior. I'm at the house. My mom left on some TV show. I'm walking past it. It was Million Dollar Listings, L.A. Have you ever heard of it? Never. No? It's a pretty girly show, so I wouldn't, okay. wouldn't picture you watching it. Okay. Well, I'm glad I said no. <laughs> <laughs> and, dude, it's a show about like these brokers down in SoCal driving around in like these Lamborghinis, selling these $20 million houses, making like a quarter million dollars a commission check. And I'm looking at that thinking like, damn, this is some serious... These guys have some serious clout. This looks like a pretty cool industry. And so I'm watching it. I'm watching a couple episodes, and it's like these guys rolling around in these big suits, closing these deals, and I'm like, this looks super interesting. So I go on to Yelp, and I just type in like real estate agents in Rockland, California, just kind of seeing what's out there, what what kind of, what's, what's doing. And um, just I pick a random realtor. I call him and I say, hey, my name's Alex. I'm still in high school. I'm really interested in becoming a realtor. Do you guys offer any type of like internships, anything like that, that wow. maybe I can connect with? And he was like, ah, oh, man, you know, that's not something we really do. We're too busy for that. But if you really want to come in the office this weekend and we'll talk with you, we'll see what's up. So I didn't have like a nice dress shirt. I didn't have pants. You know, I, I'm in high school. I don't have nice clothing. So my mom took me to Nordstrom Rack, got just kind of the basic shirt, basic pair of pants, super nervous, went into this interview, lasted about 30 minutes, and then I ended up getting the internship. So I spent the better half of that summer break and my entire senior year working at this brokerage after school. So, dude, the entire summer break I was there, and then my entire senior year, like in the mornings I would go to school, then the afternoons I would rush home to this broke, you know, rush home change and go back to this brokerage and just put in the hours. Wow. Yeah. So I love how you said that you made that move. You typed in Yelp, you found, you called. Mm -hmm. This is all things you did. You pulled that chair up to the chair, uh, to the table you wanted to be sit, uh, to sit at. I did, yeah. Uh, No one invited you. No one sent you an RSVP list to, you made it happen. I did, yeah. And that's huge, very important because I think the younger generation and what I mean by younger generation is that teenage years, mm-hmm. we don't really know exactly what it means to get to where we want to do, where we want to do in life. Yeah. And it takes things like what you did right there, where you just, this is where I want to do, fuck it. I'm going to make it happen. You started looking it up. And I think we kind of fall into, and I, and even adults, I mean, where we're kind of just waiting for something to happen for us versus us making it happen. Yeah. And that's, that's pretty dope that you made it happen at such a young age. You yourself look for it. Yeah. That's incredible, man. It was and cool, it, man. It and it really paid cool. off. It did, yeah. And the, um, so b- besides being nervous and all that, how was it How was it being in school during that time? Like, did it, did it, did it mess with you at all? Like, the fact that you, you weren't doing other stuff, like, during summer break, most people are usually fucking around and playing video games or some shit. Yeah. Did that bother you at all? 
it didn't really bother me. Um, I always had like this ambition just to get somewhere and get something going. Mm. Uh, I wasn't the best student in high school, middle school, elementary. I didn't really pay attention. I mean, I, I could do the work, but I just wasn't interested in it. I was always ready just to join the workforce, get going. Yeah. I was super ambitious, ambitious in that direction just to hit the ground. So I knew if it wasn't real estate, it was going to be something. Yeah. Were you working before this? I was, yeah. Where did you work at? So a year earlier when I was 16, I worked as a, a bag boy at Bel Air in Rockland. Mm -hmm. And then a year before that, uh, kind of shows how much of an entrepreneur I was. Do you know Alibaba? That you know what that is? Familiar. Yeah, that's that's the rental place, right? No, dude, it's a uh, it's basically like a Chinese website. Oh, yeah, yeah, online where you yeah. get the wholesale stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah dude. I do know. That's and why it sounded familiar. Yeah, so it's yeah. for the people who don't know, it's this. It's huge. It's, it's great. It's, it's huge, man. You can go to, you know. Anything. You get shirts. Uh, yeah. Fucking and it's like Chinese manufacturers. Yep. You can buy in bulk. So when I was like 13, 14, I would go on there, buy like iPhone cases in bulk get them delivered to my house it would take like two weeks to get them shipped out i would take those cases go to the roseville mall and just kind of go up to the kiosk and be like hey do you want to buy some of these <laughs> just out of the blue and they're like get out of here man but after <laughs> i hit up a couple they were like sure yeah yeah we'll buy them so i was doing that and then after that i uh, got the job at bel-air oh year later i that's uh, pretty, yeah that's, that's, that's tight yeah yeah it was cool how was the cool. hell do you get that i mean how wh uh, how did that idea come about how do you f look up that and how I mean, there's a lot of people that don't even know about that place. So how did you come up with that idea at 13, 14 years old that I was going to contact Alibaba and get something at wholesale price? How did that idea come about in so your mind? I was, we always had like news on in our house. We're not very political, but we always had the news on to kind of see what's going on. And I remember we had CNBC on. It's this uh, news show that talks about like kind of economics in the country and stuff and they were talking about jack ma the owner and founder of alibaba and they were talking about how these entrepreneurs in the states would basically link up with a manufacturer in china and import like farming equipment and they were starting these new businesses just by having these contacts from china and at the time the new iphone came out and i thought hmm you know put one two and two together i'm like i wonder if i can get something going in that direction so it just kind of snowballed into checking out their website, seeing their inventory, thinking, well, those iPhones are pretty cheap. If I buy 200 of them, I could probably make a small profit if I go to this mall and just shuck them. <laughs> go kiosk to kiosk, say, hey, man, do you want to buy some? So a lot of people said no to you, but then you were ended up oh, being a ton. successful. A ton. A ton of people. How'd you feel when they said no? Did it bother you? You know what's weird? At the time, it didn't bother me. But looking back now, if I tried to do the same thing, it would probably bug me. Like, What's I'll, the difference between then and now? I don't know. Probably because I didn't realize how... Ridiculous how, it was? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, this 13-year-old kid trying to sell iPhone it, cases in a mall. Yeah, I see what you're saying, though. <laughs> you don't realize how ridiculous it is because yeah. that's how blinded you are by the fact that it's going to do good. Yeah. You believe in it that much yeah. that you're blinded that it's ridiculous what you're doing. Yeah. And that blindness can happen in anything. It can become with good things or bad things. Sometimes you're so blinded in something bad mm -hmm. that that bad thing is ruining your life. And you're so blinded that you don't see it and you don't see how ridiculous it is. Yeah, that's you, true. You feel me? That's true. Well, yeah. after I sold all those iPhone cases, I had a pretty good amount of money. And at the time, um, they just legalized marijuana in California. Oh, so you started going 420 every well, day. Well, dude, this is what happened, right? Oh, so I went on to Alibaba and I thought, dude, I should buy like 
you know, grinders and take those grinders to like some of like the smoke shops here in town and sell them off to them. This is going to be huge. That was my next venture. So put all my money into it, got everything delivered at my house, these cheap, you know, weed grinders, whatever. I went to the first smoke shop. They're like, dude, get out of here. There's no way we're buying it from you. I must have hit up like 40 smoke shops in the valley and everybody said no. And I lost all my money on like this next venture, <laughs> which was oh, trying really? to do it. Yeah, man. So all the money you had made, you lost it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. what you do with all those? You still got them? Yeah. <laughs> if you want one, I'll give you some, You should have bought a grinder, baby. <laughs> nah, uh, joking. Uh, what kind of friends did you have in high school growing up? But how, So middle school, 13, 14, you, I always feel like your people that are around you is what motivates you to do whatever. So if you're around people that play basketball, most likely you're going to want to play some basketball. Yeah. You're around people that are smoking weed, you're most more likely going to puff, puff, pass with them. You know For what sure. I mean? For sure, yeah. So what made you have this entrepreneur-like mindset at such a young age? Were you around um, people that were doing entrepreneur stuff? No, or? I wasn't. So what sparked it? So I think what, when I would be like in middle school and high school, I, I just I hated being there so much. I had friends here and there, but I just didn't enjoy the experience whatsoever there wasn't really people like me in terms of wanting to start a business. I mean, if I met someone in high school and they were like, dude, let's start something. Let's go, let's go create something. I would have been all over it. But around at least that I could tell, there wasn't anybody like that. And so what happened is after school, I would go back home and just research like on CNBC, looking at different ventures, what people are doing. Um, at the time, the Bay Area was really popping off with new tech companies hitting the scene. And um, I remember watching like Shark Tank and just really getting motivated to make something because I just didn't like being in school. And I thought, man, if I could if I can invent something or yeah. or do something with like Alibaba in that direction, I can maybe graduate early and just get out of this. Yeah. So that's what got you thinking like that. Yeah. So it was, it was really never a friend or anything like no. that. No. What were your friendships like? I mean, what were your friends like? Um, It was normal friends. I mean, there's probably I would say one or two friends from my entire mm -hmm. school that I even keep in contact now a lot of it was just because i'm there i'm friendly but we didn't really hang out afterwards didn't really do much other than just hang out in school yeah so it was just passing you were never time. influenced by anybody no your age no but you think it made a difference when you were 17 and you were entering at the real estate office you were at yeah and you're starting to be around all these real estate agents do you feel like that made a difference in your mindset yeah um, it, it definitely sped up my maturity because all of a sudden you're hanging around 17 year olds and then you're going to an office filled with 40 year olds and to have to communicate with a 40 year old is way different than communicating with a 17 year old. Mm. It's a way different. Hell yeah. It's way different because you have to really put it on them. <clears throat> you have to ask them the questions, you know, how was your weekend? How are you doing? And it's just a whole different environment. Mm -hmm. So being able to intern and not only like be there visually seeing what's happening, but seeing people on the phone talking to other people. Like, hey, John, what's going on, man? Yeah. Great talking with you. Just seeing how people communicate was eye-opening. And especially interning under somebody who was, you know, rattling off facts. And at that age or so, uh, I think, except success <laughs> available for a more new information. Yeah, you're a sponge. Yeah, and you I picked, suck up everything. I picked up so much interning mm. at that age. It was I, huge. The reason why I bring that up is I, I think I talked to you about it when we were here. When I was 16 years old, I was teaching already actually in the same building. Mm -hmm. I was teaching boxing to 30, 40, 50-year-old 
males and females that were successful. Yeah. And when I go back to high school and I was around people that were 16, I didn't want to kick with them no more. Mm -hmm. I'm like, bro, I saw what a 30, 40 year old successful person is doing versus what your 15, 16, 17 year old retarded ass is doing. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? It's true, man. And it really made me like see clearly at Mm -hmm. a young age as far as what I wanted to do in life. And I feel like you did the same. I, I mean, it's, if that's what made you so mature at 23, where you're doing a life and everything, it's. It, I think it, I feel like it has a lot to do with. Yeah. For example, I'll tell you a story if you don't mind. Go I have a kid that I'm actually training here. Why well, was I kicked him out? He's not here no more. But the reason why he's 15, he started being around. He started being around. Um, during quarantine he started working Mm -hmm. and working he was working construction around 30 year olds but these 30 year olds he was around weren't didn't have a mindset of a successful a a, a successful person you would want your kid to have they their mindset was a lot different than the people you were around when you were 17 yeah people i was around when i was 16 his people that he's around right now are the mindset is horrible mm-hmm. and is rubbing off on him. Now mm-hmm. he doesn't want to go to school. He doesn't want to box. He doesn't want nothing. He's being rude to everybody yeah. and all he wants to work. And I have had serious conversations with him about all this because I feel like he's throwing away his life over a j- job that is not really, is not really doing anything for him, but he feels like he's balling. Yeah, you may make a lot of money for a 15-year-old, but you're not going to be living lavishly when you're 29, 30. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you know what I'm going with this? And I feel like that influence was affected because the people that he's around, Mm -hmm. they get to kick out on the weekend. They work Monday through Friday, Saturday and Sunday. They're drinking and partying it up. Yeah. And they're doing that week in, week out. And he sees that lifestyle. He feels like that's what he wants. Mm Mm-hmm. But so before he was in that lifestyle, he was coming here pretty frequently. Yeah. And he was doing that. Were you doing, doing hella good? Were you almost like a father figure to him in a way, teach, kind of mentoring yeah, him? To, I was. Him? Um, he, he was fairly new, mm-hmm. and then quarantine hit, mm-hmm. and then we had to shut down for three months. Mm-hmm. So I was out of contact with him for three months. Yeah, I would text him here and there, call him not a lot. Yeah, actually not. I would, actually our contact wasn't great because we didn't really have a talk talk. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't great. And no school, no nothing. Where do you go? Start working construction with people that weren't very good inspirational-wise. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So that's why I thought it was important to talk about, you know, how wherever you put yourself in, it's huge. Yeah. Because you're putting yourself in somebody that's planting seeds, regardless if they're good or bad seeds. So as a young person, I think this is, if you are 14, a teenager, mm-hmm. Make that call to uh, uh, to that real estate office. That same yeah. thing my man Rico Suave did here. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you put yourself where you wanted to be. Yeah. Because that's where your vision was. It was. It was. You've always been that. You always had that hustler mentality. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like I, I know I want to hustle. You know yeah. what I mean? I know I want to do this. Mm-hmm. And you saw yourself doing that. Yeah. What's funny is when I was born, my mom even said this kid's a salesman. <laughs> she oh looked, really? She gave me one look and she was like, "This kid's a salesman." Uh, <laughs> why is that? Why did she feel like you were a salesman? I I don't know. It was just just like this, I guess I I have no idea. We'll have to talk to her next time we see her. But she always says that. She always says that all the time. Like this kid is a born salesman. 
But uh, going back to what you were talking about, so when you were 16 in this gym, did you have a mentor here at the gym you were kind of learning under and focusing with? You know what? I didn't really have a mentor mm-hmm. as far as like, as far as like how to grow a business, but I had talked to so many people that were running a business and I talked to so many people that were um, successful in their own industry and I saw business being ran, I saw this. It changed my mindset. That kind of introduced me to business because I never had any business like-minded people in my family. Yeah. Nobody. All my family just worked restaurant jobs, field, or construction. Like, we didn't have any careers. I didn't even, nothing, not even education. We, that was just my family like. Mm -hmm. So, being thrown into that, it was, it it was eye-opening for sure. That's why for me it's very important. Like, I, when I put my kid in school, uh, my kindergarten, my my oldest, when I first picked what school I wanted him to go to, I ended up putting him in a private school. Mm-hmm. And uh, the reason why I picked a private school is I'm like, I can't control anything as far as um, what they, uh, like what he turns out to be as an adult. I can't really control it, mm-hmm. but I can influence it by I'm selecting his network right now. Yeah. The kids he's going to be around. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to put them around good people and and good uh, I wanted to have a, a good circle yeah. of people around them. You know what I'm saying? That's huge. And that is That's why everything. and that is why I picked to put them in a private school versus a regular public school. Not that there's not bad public schools because it's not all I just wanted to give them that that you know what I'm, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Because oh, yeah. the influences were so big on me that I know it would make an impact on my son, and I wanted to provide that for him because yeah. I know it did it for me. Definitely. Because I, I, in my life, I've been around people that fucked me up, mm-hmm. where I started doing bad shit just because I was around them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's was huge. Why I wanted to kind of switch sub- switch yeah. subjects there for a little bit, but why is um, your relationship to your mom and all that so big to you? I love that about you. So I was curious. Why? Why is that so important to you? Why are you? Why do you spend so too much time with your mom? Why? How is it so? Why are you guys so close? How did you get that close? Yeah. Tell me about that. So, it, it the story backs up a little bit before that. Um, my my mother, age fourteen, her and a couple siblings left Romania when she was fourteen, came to the states, lived down in SoCal, and met my father. Um, they spent a couple of years in SoCal, got married, moved up here to Rockland, to Auburn area, had me. And um, things I think changed for my dad when they moved from SoCal to NorCal. It was just being like in a, a sunny environment, everybody kind of being happy, moved up to the woods. There was a culture change. Mm-hmm. And growing up, my dad was there, but he wasn't like mentally there, there right? So a lot of it fell onto my mom. So learning to ride a bike went on to my mom, teaching me how, you know, tying my shoes, um, you know, how to ride a bike, how to do all these things that maybe your dad should have been there for you to do. My mom took over. So she was really like my dad and my mom at the same time, you know, going to basketball practice when I was young. That was her going to baseball practice. That was her uh, school shopping. That was always with her. And my dad just kind of stayed in the background. And my mom was always the one that took over. And she yeah. was really both sides. And I think being around her and watching her struggle in a marriage that was probably not the healthiest for her, seeing firsthand how much effort she put in every single day to not only work super hard, but then afterwards to provide for me 
well, I think somebody else in the family wasn't really there, you know, involved wanting to make things work. And then, um, so we were always pretty close. And then when I was 17, 18, my mom just cut it off with my dad because he got to a point where he was just so mentally abusive to her. And it was very sad to see. Mm. And, um, and I think when that got cut off, it really bonded me closer to her, just seeing how much stress he really caused her. And um, I think just living that life of not having, you know, I think from her perspective, not having your partner really in it, raising the kids, it all fell onto her to really pull both ends of the weight. So by doing that, it just made us super close. And I don't think of her as just like my mother. I think of her as like my best friend. I can tell her everything. Mm -hmm. We get along super well. And I think a lot of it was because of that. Yeah, I can tell. I can tell you guys get along. It's super. I love watching you two walk in. It's (laughs) it's tight. Yeah. It's really, really tight. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, When you were saying all this, that you see all these struggles and you saw how your mom was struggling alone and everything she did for you. Um, when I have conversations, because you know, as I'm a, I'm a boxing coach, I have mm-hmm. conversations with kids all the time. And one of the things I ask kids when they're struggling or when they're doing something, I to ask them, do you love your mom and dad? Mm-hmm. And they say yes. I tell them, well, how do you show them you love them? How do you show them? And they usually stay quiet. Some usually don't know what to say. I'm like, you show them by doing what they ask you to do. Mm-hmm. That's how you show them you love them. Yeah. Not by telling them, not by just do what you got to do, get it done, and that's it. Yeah. A lot of kids don't realize and don't see where you, all the stuff that you're seeing, Mm -hmm. that you saw in your mother, all the struggles, all that. A lot of people don't take, a lot of teens, I think we're, I don't know what it is that our mind is not really watching the small details of all the kids of all your parents really are doing Mm -hmm. so it's very special that you took the time to really see that and like look man my mom's struggling there's no way i'm gonna fuck this up yeah you know what i mean yeah similar to me i had the same same that's why i'm a mama's boy too yeah my mother same i saw her struggle i was like i'm not gonna fuck this up yeah because I'm not. She's already stressed out enough. I yeah. can't add more to her plate already. That you was my I mean? mentality. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't I'm agree like, more. Yeah. Couldn't fuck it up even more. Um, how do you think we can kick teens or kids or someone to see all their parents are doing? What would be your tip for that? How can you get them to understand all their parents are doing? Man, I think it comes a lot from a lot of kids. Not all of them. I think a lot of kids that might be selfish just because of their age. Yeah. It's, they it's might normal. not be mature enough. And they might not be mature enough to see the struggles that their parents are dealing with, you know, them not being able to afford rent. The kids saying, hey, can you buy me this PS4? Well, it's like, I, I'm sorry, I can't because we have to make rent. And the kid not being able to see it because they're focused in their own world. Mm-hmm. Um, so as far as like I maybe. I think there's kids too. I've, I'm Again, going back, my bad, mm-hmm. I mean to cut you off. No. But there's parents I've talked to before where their kids, I've talked to the kids alone and the kids straight up tell me, look. I ask my mom and dad for this, and they don't give me this. They say they can't, but then mom and dad go buy themselves a new TV, a new this. How are you going to tell me you can't Yeah, and you're buying yourself something like this? I've had kids tell me this, mm-hmm. and then they're like, I just feel like my mom doesn't love me. Mm-hmm. So why am I going to care to love her? You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I've seen that too. Uh, I think it comes back to both the parents showing them they love them yeah. Like your mom showed you, tying your shoes, being there, mm-hmm. being at every basketball game, yeah. showing you, 
I love you. Mm-hmm. And then they show you, then you showed her right back that you loved her too yeah. by investing in you to help her yeah. like you do now. Of course. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I really like, like on your social media, you post pictures with her, like going out to eat. And of course, shit. man. Yeah. Super, super cool. Of course. Um, is there, what, what is it? I always figured it'd be kind of hard to be a real estate agent being young mm-hmm. because somebody's about to make one of the biggest purchases of life and they see a young person and they're like, what are you going to teach me about uh, a home and all this? Did you ever have that problem where people ever look at you a certain way because of your age or because of the way you look because you look young or because yeah. of this or that? Did anyone ever be like, oh, come on, how are you going to tell me? How, how did you handle that if you did have it? happened all the time <laughs> so how do you handle that so I, I look pretty youthful right now yeah you do imagine when i was 18 <laughs> dude i still i can't grow a beard now i couldn't grow a beard when i was 18 yeah. <laughs> i was baby face man it was it was hard um but if a client didn't bring up my age it was smooth sailing we had no issues but if i were to tell if they were like how old are you by the way and i told them oh i'm 18 immediately they would just kind of stop everything and say you know, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if this is going to work because they start thinking of other 18 year olds. How are, how are they going to be able to transact this, this huge purchase at such a young age? But they're not realizing I had over like a year experience working underneath somebody as an intern. I got my license and I was ready to kick it. And I ran into those clients where they ask you straight up, you know, how old are you? And I'm like, oh, I'm 18, 19. And they distance themselves. But if that conversation is never brought up, we have no issues. We're running through the motions because mm-hmm. again, I was not to, not to brag because there's probably people way more mature than I am, but I was mature enough and I knew the info to really get them from point A to point B yeah. smoothly and never ran into any issues with it. So unless somebody brought it up, then it, it became good. an issue. Yeah. When it became an issue, like when people started distancing themselves with age, were you able to salvage it ever or was it a wrap? They couldn't, you couldn't move forward. It was a wrap and it probably happened to me only once or twice. But it happened enough to make me realize that, you know, my age is a concern. Yeah. And it did should be. You, did you ever thought about lying and say, man, I'm 23 or 24? No. No? No. That's good. No. Um, when I was 16, uh, we were told to tell everybody we were 22, 23 yeah. when I was 16. <laughs> because, uh, yeah. So, I, I don't know. We were told to say that. It was funny. But anyways, um, I've had people tell me. They can't deal with that adversity. So mm-hmm. I've I had someone close to me start recently, actually not recently, but try to get into real estate, mm-hmm. and uh, people question them about you know how much do they know, how much experience they have. Yeah, and that kind of shuts them down. Like, why are you always questioning me? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, so I was wondering how you dealt with it. You know, as far as dealing with people questioning your knowledge. Yeah. The one thing I did was I always tried to steer the question away from people questioning my knowledge. And I would always keep it about the topic we're on. So if we're talking about Rockland and we're checking out properties, I would always just keep the conversation on. I would keep putting it on them. Uh, The one thing my mom taught me, I think, throughout everything in my life was just customer service. How to be with clients, how to make it about them 
and how to just keep the conversation on them so they're not just sitting there wondering like you know this is a yeah. nice house but how old are you by the way yeah what? so and especially with like the experience part i would just always kind of steer the conversation to whatever we're dealing with mm-hmm. like oh the property's got solar you know it's going to save you a lot of money on the pg e bills we're walking through it just constantly keep it flowing and about them mm-hmm. and sometimes the conversation did arise about how much knowledge do you know and i would just answer it sometime with like you know look i've I've been doing this a while. <laughs> you kind of open end it. I would, I've been doing this a while. I work with a team. I have a, a TC that works with me. So you're in good hands. Instead of just getting one person, you're getting a couple people. You're getting a whole team behind you. Yeah, it's not. It's just not a 19 year old. Yeah, a team <laughs> yeah, and an 18 year old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. That's a good way to answer it. Yeah, but sometimes you just can't. I mean, you have to really just go through the motions with real estate. You got to put in the hours. Sometimes you run into those roadblocks where you can't get over it. And you just have to get back up and find a new route and keep pushing forward. Mm-hmm. How was uh, what's what would you have say is different about you as a real estate agent compared to all these other real estate agents out here? What's different about being with Alex during a purchase of a home? If I wanted to, at the start of my career, I could have been a completely slimy agent. I could have been a slime ball. I could have cut corners. I could have been the worst and I would have been super rich right now I would have been really well off if I cut corners I lied to people I screwed people over if I were to do that at the start of my career I probably wouldn't have made many friends or had a lot of happy clients but I would be super successful I think the one thing different about me it doesn't go for all the agents probably the one percent that's bad but I really care for my clients, as I think you do too, with mm-hmm. everybody that's in here, one quality we share is, again, customer service based. I care for my clients so much that, a quick story, I was with my client one time, a couple months back during COVID, we were checking out some properties, she was from the Bay Area, and the one thing she didn't want to be next to was a very busy road. She didn't want to be next to a busy road, she didn't want the idea of it, to deal with it, especially for resale value, she just didn't want to be next to traffic. But because of COVID, this road that this house in Auburn we were checking out back, it backed up to a really busy road, but because of COVID, it wasn't busy. It was dead. And she didn't know that. And the commission on this was huge. It was probably $35,000. And she had no idea about the road behind the house, beautiful property. And she told me, she said, I want to make an offer. And I told her straight up, I said, you don't want this house because once COVID gets lifted back up, that road is jam packed full of cars. And you're going to hate it and you're not going to like it. So we ended up skipping that property because of that exact reason, found a different property, made a lot less on the commission. But I did that the because right I care for my clients and I could have just been not my problem here. Take the house, no traffic behind you. And in six months when COVID's lifted or whenever it's lifted, that traffic starts back. She's probably not going to blame me for it, but she's going to be really, really pissed. Yeah. So there was That's a huge man. That's a good story. There was a lot of advantages that I could have taken and scro- like screwed people over and made a lot of money. But this is my career. It's what I love doing. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to do that because I really, truly care for my clients. And it shows because every single one of my clients I'm cool with. We're like family. So I would rather take the road less traveled than take the road where it's just, yeah, dude, let's make an offer. 35,000. Enjoy the house. You know, have fun. Have fun, bro. That's your problem. Yeah. 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 That's huge. That's something I preach all the time. I tell people, man, do the right thing. Do the right thing is better than any 
commission check that's bigger than you ever seen before. Yeah. Always do the right thing. Because doing the right thing actually always pays off a lot more. Mm-hmm. And it's than, karma. Yep. And I'm a big believer in Me karma. Me too. Yeah. It's huge. I'm a huge believer in karma. Um, what do you like about the gym? I want to ask you. Now that you've been here for, you've been here a month, month and a half, a month and a half. What do you like about coming here? The thing I like about this place is it feels like it has a heart to it. Mm-hmm. It's not just an empty shell. Like when I go to Cal Fit, it's just a gym, dude. It's, yeah. You walk in, it's just a gym. There's nothing very special about it. You walk in, you walk out, get your pump in, and that's it. But when you come in here, there's an energy to it, and it feels like it's family. You feel mm-hmm. very at ease walking in. There's a heart to it. Mm-hmm. Whether it's from like Kelly, Claudia, you, Nacho, David, I think the team you've assembled is so perfect, and it goes so well together yeah. that I think it just it goes so well and it makes everybody really at ease when they come in here. Because I know for me, I was a little nervous. Mm-hmm. I never boxed before. And I think when you're starting something new for anything, there's always that fear of like, God, I don't know what I'm getting into. Yeah. But the first day, you know, when David was wrapping the hands, we were kind of going through everything. Then when we kind of ended up with you doing some shadow boxing and stuff, I looked at Nick and I'm like, dude, this is sick. Yeah. I love this. Yeah, this I is remember. the place to be. Yeah, and I've been here pretty much like every single day since, man. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, I do. I, I, we try very hard in, in making it that way. Yeah. Because boxing is very intimidating. I mean, yeah. who wants a box? Not not that many people. But then when you make it welcoming like that, it it brings people that you wouldn't typically see in a boxing gym. And that's what I want to want to do. I want people to appreciate the sport mm-hmm. more than what it really seems to be. For sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, go ahead. So you took over the gym in like 2009, 2010, right? No, no, no. That's when I was working here. Oh, okay. I took over in 2016. 16. Yeah. So when you took over, was there a turning point for you when you realized, oh, wow, this is, this is going to work out? Was there, were you sitting at home or were you here when you looked around everybody and you thought, man, this is, this is something that's going to be big? Because to me, looking at this, this is a huge operation, dude. You're super successful. Yeah. Um, it did. You know, it was crazy. I mean, my wife's going to laugh when she hears this, but I've always had... I've always believed in it mm-hmm. from the very beginning. Before I even had a gym, I always saw the vision. I already, I always did. Mm-hmm. But uh, I would say turning point is probably when I started m- even believing in it more and more is when I started seeing the success I started having with my trainers and my fighters competing mm-hmm. where I was able to have a success both in competition and in the gym and in business. Yeah. Because being able to do all three in one in a boxing gym is really unheard of. It's very difficult. Mm-hmm. Meaning, the way of meaning by that is typically you have a boxing gym. If you're going fi- to focus on fitness, it's all fitness. There's no competitive boxers out of there. Yeah. Or if there is a gym that has both, they have both, but the boxing team is not that successful. Mm-hmm. Or they do have amateurs, they have no professionals. I was able to have both and fitness and build a bond and build a team on one, which is very difficult to do. It's rare. So to be able to do all that, and I started seeing that it was being successful doing all that, that's when I started getting even more pumped up, mm-hmm. even though I was already pumped up. It motivated you? It motivated. Yeah, it motivated me more because I'm like, it, my vision became even more real because I started seeing it more, even more and more and more. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've always been, I always believed in it, but it made me believe in it even more then. Nice. Yeah. So I've always been. Let me see. Are are you confident? Am I confident? Yeah. You as a person, are you confident? I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. Are you 
Cocky or confident? When I was younger, making a little bit of money, I was probably cocky. Yeah. Um, but I'm not cocky anymore, no. What changed? <laughs> Personally, man, I think... Um, probably... You matured more? I, I matured more, yeah. And also, I think the reason I was cocky was because I was making a little bit of money. And when I was 18, 19, I was, I was making a decent amount of money. And I was pretty cocky about it. And uh, I think I, I lost a pretty big portion of my savings. And it really humbled me and realized, damn, I, this could be gone at any moment. You know, mm -hmm. Just because you have money doesn't mean you're anything. Yeah. So it really humbled me to a I've huge extent. It's funny. A lot of people that say uh, stories of how they got humbled at Juju or something like that. Yeah, dude. Like, this, <laughs> this happened. And after this happened, I was like, oh, shit, never mind. Well, I it's funny, man, because I, I, had, I had a pretty good amount of money in the bank. And mm -hmm. instead of bawling out on, like, nice cars, buying suits, you know, buying, like, a TV, a, you know, PlayStation, I didn't do any of that. The problem with me, man, was I was eating out every single day. And I swear to God, I blew through all my savings just eating out every single day. Like, I would eat something in the morning for lunch. I would go to, like, Land's Ocean, 60 70 80 90 $100 a lunch, a dinner, taking clients out. I blew through so much cash eating out every single day, man. Looking back, it's like, I wish I bought a BMW or yeah. something, dude. I so wasted you it all ate on food. a whole lot of good money. Oh, dude, you I, was, good. I was eating out every single day. And now yeah. I don't eat out as much. I make food at home. It, it humbled me to be like, dude, you know, you're not sure. balling. Trust me, you're so low on the food chain. You weren't making anything compared yeah. to what people are making. And it's very easy to make yourself believe you're doing a man. Like you're oh, yeah. balling. But oh, really yeah. you're not balling. No. You're like, ah, no. Check yourself, homie. You ain't really oh, balling. Oh, yeah. Looking back, you know, me running around Land's Ocean in a cheap suit. <laughs> it <laughs> wasn't It suit. wasn't balling, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what What can you, um, if you can name this episode anything, what would you name this episode? That's a good question. Um What's the Spanish word for boss? Jefe. Jefe? Yeah. How about two El Jefes? Two uh, bosses. Dos Jefes? Yeah, <laughs> dos Jefes. Yeah, dos two jefes. bosses. <laughs> I like that. So I like, see, <laughs> that cracks me up. What made you say that? What uh, made you that come up with that? Uh, you're a boss. I'm a boss in my own right. Yeah. <laughs> Not compared to you. You're higher nah, up nah, there. Nah, but nah, nah. <laughs> I, I never like putting myself at a chain like that. I just like... Like I said, I don't want to get humbled down, so I'll remain humble. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, uh, I am, I'm blessed, so we're both blessed, you know what I mean? But like I said, I, I know I'm nowhere where I, where the big boys are at. So that's Same why I'm, I try to say, hey, I'm, I'm still just a working man. There we go. Grinding, working one day to get to where I want to be. But it's true, though. It yeah. is. And um, the reason why I asked you if, there, if you were cocky or confident, because – my wife always tells me I'm cocky, mm -hmm. right? But I don't really carry myself as cocky. I don't feel like I do. Mm -hmm. But I am a cocky motherfucker in my mind, in my head. I'm mm -hmm. cocky. Like I, I, I'm constantly telling myself in my own head, "Oh, I'm gonna kill this. I'm gonna fucking do this hella good. I'm yeah. gonna do this. I'm, I'm the shit at this. I'm no one can fuck with me in this. I'm the best at this." Like those are the conversations I have with myself mm -hmm. in my mind. But that's good, though. So it works. Yeah. In some cases, it's good to have that, man. That's why I feel like everybody, including young teens, young men, adults, everybody, listen to the conversations you're telling yourself in your head. What kind of conversations are you having with yourself? Mm -hmm. Listen to them. Are they 
doubtful? Are they negative? Are they encouraging, motivating, discouraging? What are they? Yeah. And if you don't, if they're not good, the reason why those thoughts are there is because the people around you, your influence, the people that are influencing mm-hmm. those thoughts are negative. Yeah. So these people are telling you, you ain't shit. Oh, you suck. You ain't shit or whatever they want to keep telling you. And then sooner or later, you start telling yourself, oh, you're right. I think I am. I do suck. That's true. I do. I do this. I do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's why it's so important to have people around you that believe in you. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever watched um, Mayweather or somebody trained like that on YouTube or something. You can search it. Mm-hmm. And you'll see that around him training, there'll be a circle of people. And they are all just the greatest ever, the best ever. Yeah. Just pumping them up to make them feel that much more confident in himself. Right. You know what I mean? Because yeah. if you feel like you're the shit and you start acting like you're the shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what my mindset is going. So that's one of the things that I preach constantly to everybody. It's like, dude, you got to believe in yourself. And it starts with the questions you start asking yourself daily in your own head. Yeah. What are you telling yourself? That's huge. That's my tip to the young people. What's your tip to people that are, if you're a 16, 14, 15-year-old teen right now, not sure what you can do in life. What would your tip be to them? Intern. Intern? Intern. I think that's huge. Intern in anything? Intern in what you're passionate about. I think there's so many businesses out there that you don't even realize. They would do it. They would totally do it. Yep. If you throw them if you throw yourselves at their mercy and say, Look, I'm sixteen, I'm going to high school, I would love to learn more about this industry. Can you offer me any type of internship? I think there'd be so just a lot. You know, a lot. Yeah. A lot, yep. Like if somebody came in right now. I'd do it. You would do it, right? Because yep, I, I actually already do it. <laughs> and uh and the funny part Free help. <laughs> yeah. Um the funny part I was actually I had breakfast this morning with one of uh, a boxing trainer and we were talking about that. Mm-hmm. How we wanna help in a way where not everyone's meant to get punched in the face, but if I can help somebody that's really good with IT or with managing finances and all this and he's good with numbers and all this maybe i can help that person intern at this point you know what i mean and Mm -hmm. help them in this way or another yeah where you're helping them create their career a whole nother way versus them going to college and all that and then really not knowing what they want to do and because there's so many people that i know that get a degree in one thing and end up doing nothing that has to do with their degree yeah you know there's a lot of that yeah, I have like, some family friends who got a degree like in psychology and you're yeah. like, like, have fun with that, dude. <laughs> yeah, and they're doing something else. Yeah, you know, they work so, at a call center. So it's like, it's like they're not living their passion. Yeah, they're not living their passion. Exactly. Yeah. So do what your passion is. And that's a great, great thing. I, I love, that's a great tip, man. I love that tip. Um, a lot of people, I don't know if you know, I actually got into the automotive world that way. Oh, did you? Yeah, I became a shop bitch because I was literally doing all the dirty work because that's how bad I wanted to work on cars. Yeah. Same. I banged myself into that. Did they hire you after your internship? After no, your well, I actually, I got paid. Oh, uh, okay. But I was getting paid horrible, but mm-hmm. I didn't care. I was getting paid to learn. Right. You know what I mean? I was young. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, same. I banged myself into that. I just asked. I didn't get as lucky as you. I didn't make one call and got one. You got your first call and you got in, huh? First call, man. Yeah, first see, call. See, I was nervous. I was Your mom was so right. Scared. You are a salesman. You got it right away. <laughs> Uh, what is your favorite, a little off subject, I'm going to start asking you some random questions. Around here, Roseville, Rockland, Sacramento, mm-hmm. what is your favorite restaurant here? It's this little joint in Rockland called 
uh, Ohana Barbecue. Ohana Barbecue. It's in the Safeway. You know what I'm talking about? Ohana. It's a little Hawaiian barbecue joint in this ro- in the uh, Safeway Shopping Center in Rockland. Ohana Barbecue. It's this dude in there makes all the food right in front of you. And it's cheap. Learn my lesson. I'm not balling out in expensive restaurants. <laughs> so if I'm feeling like a good good meal, you know, I want something good to eat, this guy kills it. He makes the food right in front of you with like a Hawaiian twist that's good. Mm. It's really good. Ohana barbecue, yeah. Never been there. I got to try that out. Yeah, man. It's good. Tell me something about Rico Suave. Not that many people know. Share something with me about Rico Suave. Not many people know. I have a... <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. I have a pretty good one, man, but I think it's too inappropriate. Yeah, tell me, tell me, man. Tell me, oh, tell me. Man. What is it? What is um, it? Okay. Inappropriate. Uh, <laughs> Don't get all crazy sexual or nothing. No, I mean. <laughs> okay, you know what? Um, no, no, go ahead, man. Tell me. Say whatever you want to say. Go, go. I hope this doesn't backfire, but uh, I um, I um, I had a, I, I hung out with a. Uh, <laughs> he stuttered. This is going to be good. <laughs> I hung out with a stripper a couple times. She came over to my house and. Uh, <laughs> Can we go. cut that out, dude? Or? No, go, 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 go. It's so, gonna be good. All right, man. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> he's already trying to edit this. So out. stupid, man. Uh, so, a couple months back, uh, before COVID, we were at a club in Sacramento, driving around. Afterwards, we're having some fun. Went to a strip club. Not, not our scene. Pretty stupid already. But uh, while we're there, I got this girl's number. Pretty cute. So uh, we start talking. Next couple months, and. Uh, we start hanging out. She's over at my house one time, and I guess her boyfriend or someone calls her up, and she's like, hey, where are you? And I'm, I'm listening to this, thinking, like, what the hell's going on? And he's like, she's like, I'm at my buddy Alex's house. What's up? And she, he was like, on, you can hear him on the other line. Like, what's his address? I'm coming over. And I'm thinking to myself, shit, man. <laughs> I'm going to have, like, a random dude at my house. The real reason why he started boxing <laughs> just came out right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking, I'm calling my butt. I'm on, I'm texting my buddy like, dude, I'm so far and over my head. You know, I'm a yeah. freak. I'm a white dude. This is, this is too much for me, man. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but so what uh, happened? It, what? It, it handled itself out. I'll leave it at that. It handled so the, itself out. Never, he never came or nothing? He never came over. No, we were able to squash that and, um, get that all taken away. But I think, you know, it was interesting for the time being. It, it was very un, unlike me to have that type of, uh, <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with hey, hey, hey. <laughs> hey, that's hilarious. Oh, hey, I don't even know if that was interesting, but that was it, man. That was. I don't think a lot of people know the, uh, you know, adventurous in a hey, sense. It's just an adventure, baby. And, that's and it, anyone man. says a male says they never been to a strip club, they probably lying. Because I've been to one. I hey, I have some funny, interesting stories too. Yeah. Hey, 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 hey. Lay it on us, man. Come on, what happened? A stripper story? Yeah, come on. Man. If we're leaving that in, you got to tell it. Come on, man. All right, all right. I'll tell you a stripper story. So, um, fuck. Man, I'm married, bro. Why you <laughs> if we're leaving that in, man, you got to no, lay it. But, hey, to be real, this all happened before I got married for the record. Easy enough. All okay. right, so look. My boy, uh, I'm not going to say his name to keep him safe. Okay. But my boy, we were kicking it. We were all going fucking buck wild. Nighttime, we were at a nightclub, mm-hmm. and then he was like, yo, let's go to the strip club. Yeah. He said, my sister works at a strip club. Sounds weird, huh? Yeah. <laughs> we weren't going to go watch your sister, bro. Right. Relax. Yeah. <laughs> All good. He was like, let's go to the strip club, right? And he said, my sister works at one, but she was dating the owner Whoa. of another one. Whoa. So the guy, the, the one she was dating mm-hmm. 
was not the strip. The, it's not the, she works at one, but she was dating one that owned a different strip club. Does that right. make sense? Okay, yeah. So we're like, yeah, let's go. So he hit her up, and we got in the strip club that her boyfriend owned, right? Mm -hmm. So we went, and as soon as we got there, all the strippers were going down, going crazy on us because <laughs> we knew the owner. They yeah. thought I was like the owner's homie or something. Yeah, I was yeah, hella yeah. young. I didn't know. I didn't know the owner. Did you have the beard going or no? Nah, nah, I no. just had a little goatee and a little mustache. Okay. I was, oh, okay. bro, I was stugging during these times. You don't even know. So we're up in there. Girls, we're in the back. Girls going buck crazy. I mean, we're getting, getting wild. Yeah. And, and I'm, this is all, like, I wasn't paying. You know what I mean? This, this is just. Wow, lucky I, you, man. I was getting the, the VIP red carpet yeah. treatment, That's baby. dope. And uh, I was getting ready to leave. I'm like, bro, I got to go. I'm trying to take the girl to, to, I'm like, let's go, man. Go with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh. So I get, I get, she's like, I can't leave with you because I can't like physically leave oh, with you. Oh, right, she's right. Like, but I'll, I'll, I'll text you and I'll have you come to my house. And I was like, hell no, nah, I ain't going to your house. I'm like, anyone going to anybody's house, you coming to my house. I'm not going to your house. That's I so would have gone. I'm like, you're trying to set me up. <laughs> trying to get me set up. Yeah, yeah. So she's hitting me up, trying to get me to go to her house. It was way too fishy, man. I was, I'm like, nah, I'm straight. But that's yeah. where my stripper story ended oh, right there. Man. I didn't go to her house. Yeah, yeah. I'm from the hood, bro. I know what it's like to get set up, bro. I'm, <laughs> and I was not about to get set up. I'm like, if I go, oh man, nah, he's gonna yeah. be on and pop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I didn't go. I'm gonna set you up. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna come through to my house, though. You come through my house. But that was it. That was my stripper story. That was a good See, story. We're staring stripper stories. See this? This is love. I feel like everybody has a stripper story. They're yeah. just too embarrassed to share it. Yeah, too. And everybody it takes, does. It takes balls to share it. Yeah, man, it See, does. It takes two he those heifers. Those heifers. Those have so you shared some pretty interesting stuff. Now let's uh, try to act like we're not talking about strippers no more. If you want to follow this guy and you see how interesting he is, how can people get in contact with you? How can we follow you? How can we, if I want to buy a house or maybe I want to kick up some strippers, how do we get in contact with Alex? I can help you out with both, man. <laughs> My Instagram handle is uh, Alex Eli Pap, uh, E L I P A P P, one word. And, uh, yeah, that's the easiest way to find me, dude. Instagram. That's IG. fine. Do you have anything else? Snapchat, Facebook? Uh, yeah, but it's all kind of irrelevant. Instagram's where it's at, and that's where I'm at. Yeah. So if you want to hit me up for anything. That's where I'm at, too. I don't use anything else. Yeah, I used to, man, but it kind of dies out, you know? Yeah. I just Do you even use Facebook I just, anymore? I don't even have a Facebook, Yeah. to be honest. Yeah, I don't have a Facebook. I don't have anything else, but mm -hmm. I don't, all I use is IG, too. Yeah. I think everyone's on IG. Yeah, yeah. But. Cool, man. Thank you again for being on here. Thank Pleasure you for sharing everything. Of course. Um, is there anything you want to add to this before we end it? No. I think we're good, dude. We covered a lot of stuff. Boom. I appreciate podcast. it, man. Thank you for coming on here. Of course, man. And we out. <laughs>